0: You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with host Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller.
1: Right.
2: You guys ready? Let's do it. All I, right. I, I, yay verily, I am ready.
0: Uh, yay, okay. Uh,
2: hello and welcome
0: to episode 276 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm Stephen Seagraves, uh, and today it's a full crew with Seth Miller and Fosma Moon. Hey guys. Hello.
2: Hello. And you're, you're in Buenos Dias or is it Alo? Allo. I um, uh, they I haven't I don't know. There's sort <laughs> of they, there's a sort of a Allo sort of start that's generic enough and to feel out what language you speak, I feel I think.
0: <laughs>
2: it's it's um,
0: it's so you're in you're in Barcelona, correct? I'm in Barcelona. And Foz, you're in London. Correct.
2: Uh, and I'm in Portland. And this is the Whoopertal episode.
0: And this is the Whoopertal episode. Um, I kind of want to just talk about news first, and then we'll jump to Whoopertal and kind of what you're doing and yeah. what you were doing in Wuppertal. Um right. So uh, Delta at
2: Miami is starting some new routes. What's the, what's the story here? Like six new cities, I think, and a whole bunch of flights, like not a whole bunch, like 14 or 15 flights daily. It's sort of to connect with LATAM and sort of just because, but Miami, Raleigh-Durham, Miami, I, that's where they're starting from, sorry. Orlando, Raleigh, Durham, Salt Lake City, and Tampa. Five cities. Okay.
1: Well, but some of them aren't new cities. They're just service uh, ex- expansion.
2: And also, it's only four cities, because I'm not really good at counting right now. Is are any Which of those already exist? Uh, Salt Lake City definitely does. No, because it's only one X Daily that's being added. Okay, then.
1: There was, I was looking, and there was one they were adding additional flights. and I, I'll go look.
2: I or maybe there's already a one, and then they're adding a second. But, that,
1: yeah, that's what right? I think it is.
2: I didn't anyway, when I was looking I only saw the one. But um yeah, new service, uh thirteen daily flights, and they're gonna be a total of forty one nonstop flights out of Miami when this all finishes. And it's interesting to me. That there's a lot of it that's about joining up with Latam. Mm-hmm. But but looking at the schedules a little bit, I start I've I've sort of put it all on a sheet and started mapping it out, and there's like there's a lot of routes that don't make any sense sort of like the connections the connections don't work great so coming uh, you're
0: saying coming in from latam you know the carrier that's now moving over to uh, sky team right right
2: uh, well delta partner they haven't joined sky team
0: they, yes yes they haven't joined SkyTeam. they've been coming a delta partner but you're saying from connections from latam
2: i i looked at southbound so far um, okay. i haven't had time to map the northbound stuff but it's like From Orlando or Tampa, it's like five flights daily, so they sort of come often enough that you can probably line up and connect well. But like the Raleigh flight, Raleigh or Salt Lake, Salt Lake flight arrives at ten thirty at night, eight thirty. Sorry, Salt Lake arrives at eight thirty, and then you've got a nine thirty and nine forty five, or a ten ten and a ten fifty. So like, there's that's Buenos Aires, Santiago, and then Santiago, depending on the day of the week. I mean, that's tight. Well, so like, here's the question is like, how many, how much time is enough? The uh, 735 arrival from Raleigh connecting onward to an an 815 departure, like a 40 minute connection is a terrible idea. Yeah. It might, it might meet the MCT, but it's a terrible idea.
0: Are they going to be in the same terminal as each
2: other? I think so. They're already sort of close. Delta was over, like on that side, behind the same security area.
1: Yeah, yeah they're, they're in the same I'm, same terminal. It's just two different piers.
2: Yeah, I, was gonna say, I remember, using one lounge when I was flying the other one the, some time ago. Um, but or I was in the Delta lounge for something else. I, I was in the Delta lounge for a Virgin flight, and a bunch of Latam passengers were also in it. That's what it was. Um, so, but like the Raleigh flight with a forty-minute connection to Sao Paulo seems stupid. But then it's well timed for Buenos Aires or Santiago. And then, I don't know, just like going through it, like, you know, arriving at three o'clock for the five o'clock and 530 flights makes sense. But there's like, what time do you arrive that's a useful connection for the 3 a.m. departure to M.A.O. Manalesi? Manaus yeah. or like the 2 a.m. Departure to Lima like is a midnight departure is a midnight arrival good enough 1130 arrival the right timing for that because there is there's a the, actually it's not even that late the latest Tampa and Orlando arrivals are at 930 and 945 hmm. so some of them end up being like four and five hour connections some of them end up being 45 minute connections neither which is great but even with like the Salt Lake Miami flight I looked at uh, the Buenos Aires routing because that seemed like a good idea. And it's faster to connect in Atlanta. Hmm. Like Atlanta's... And maybe they'll optimize some of these schedules more, right? This is a very first draft before they've really been fully approved for all the partnerships. Yeah. But this version of it has... like It's not truly banked. And so it has me wondering how much of this is really to feed connections and how much of this is to poke at American Airlines and start trying to poach some... High value routes where Delta can operate reliably in American Camp these days.
1: Well, with the exception of Salt Lake City, everything is just regional. It's all
2: 175s. Yeah, but the Delta regional operation is more reliable than American mainline these days.
1: No, no, I understand, but what I'm saying is Delta's not making a huge investment in putting regionals
2: in here.
0: Like you're not, you're saying they're not shifting a bunch of planes around.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the- they're
2: shifting regional planes around. I mean, they control where those regionals go. They do, but there's they're not dumping a huge amount of capacity in the market. It's not a kind of capacity. I'll give you that.
1: Right, and it really, like to uh, Orla- I'm looking at the schedule right now. Orlando, Miami has five flights. What do you need five flights for connections for? And they're scattered around the day. It's not like they're all bunched right. around the same. Right. It doesn't make sense. It's not about connections at that point.
2: Right. So th- this is what I'm I'm sort of amused by is like how much of it could be connections versus trying to poach true American traffic, but also how many people are really flying just flying Miami-Orlando or Miami-Tampa on a daily basis.
1: Well, yeah. you know, you'd be amazed there's enough There's enough demand
2: there because um, it's not an easy drive, right? If no, it's if you're, it's if you're, not, if you're, if you're
1: right. If, if you need to do go on a day trip or something, you don't, your only option it's is... It's about four trip.
2: hours each. Yeah. yeah, four hours each way for both. Which is a long three, day trip. Three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I've done it. I mean, not day tripping it, but I've driven through there plenty. So
0: so is is Delta kind of pulling what they did in seattle a little bit kind of getting a foothold you think rip some of that traffic away from american uh say they're connecting to latam eventually miami will kind of be this hub ish thing for them
2: you know if it looks walks like a fish and quacks like a duck or what what's it walks, walks, <laughs> walks like a duck and quacks like a duck and smells like a fish and yeah if, it's probably it's probably if true the, if the glove doesn't fit you must quit <laughs>
0: Well, I mean that's long, I mean
2: that's their modus operandi, right? I mean they they are mm-hmm. you know they're known to... to go and expand into markets where they think they can generate revenue. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, but so here's the thing, right?
2: Seattle is very different than Miami.
1: In the it's not close to anything that exists. Today. Miami is pretty damn close to Atlanta. The that's real right. question. The real question is, will they exert pressure on Latam to move some of those flights up to Atlanta, just like they did with the Air France milk run? Yeah, but
2: can they? Did they I mean, did they move the milk run up to? They were,
1: they were going to at one point. I don't know if it ever happened, but I do remember it getting announced.
2: Huh. That would have been bizarre just given how many how much those like Miami actually was the destination for those passengers, not Atlanta. And not onward.
1: Or they may may have shifted some of it. I remember there was something about the Air France Milk Run that was moving to Atlanta. Yeah.
2: Now that you mentioned it, I seem to remember that too. But. I mean, do you? Th- I mean, that's that's a good
0: question, right? Like, a lot of these passengers, a significant portion of these passengers, live in or around Miami. Like from Latam, that's why Latam has O and D traffic,
1: right? But so, so think about this, right? The Rio flight, the Sao Paulo flight, Buenos Aires flight, and Santiago flight don't really matter because Delta already flies those from Atlanta. It's mm-hmm. all the other secondary destinations that they would push for.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's definitely about the secondary routes. Um, the Maus, Fortaleza, uh Fortaleza, SSA. I, I, Braz- I think they fly like Brasilia, right? Not Brasilia. Um, I don't think it's... SSA is the one I remembered. Uh, where do I have this tab you open? with or Fortaleza? One of those two. They definitely have Fortaleza. Uh, I had a tab open and my computer restarted and it didn't reopen. I'm a jerk. Sorry. Um There was 10, 10 destinations though, in the end, and so uh, it's a lot going on actually, I can pull them up here uh, Buenos Aires, Santiago, Punta Cana mm-hmm. some days of the like it's only Sunday's maybe. Recife, Lima Fortaleza whatever SSA is uh, that I don't remember, and Manaus and another Lima are the ones I have here that I was able to find so far on the schedule
0: Salvador, it's Montoya yeah, okay Weird, yeah. I didn't realize. I didn't realize SSA had a had a flight. I mean,
2: it's crazy. That's an interesting one about that. That looks like a midday departure. It's a eleven a.m. departure south or one p.m. departure southbound. Sorry, I can read. I mean, that
0: is northeastern Brazil. It's yeah. It's a short it's flight. Crazy, yeah, So um, interesting. So on top of all this, so you've got Delta kind of doing this move at Miami. Uh, Latam is moving to Terminal Four at JFK. And they've announced that they want to leave One World early. Um, is that a surprise? No, and no. <laughs> Do you th- I mean, the, the move to Terminal Four is specific to Delta because that's
2: correct. Oh, it's the general use terminal, but yes, Delta is there. They they currently operate out of T8, which is the American terminal, yep. and then also uh, Cafe and Jal. And soon to be British Airways, and soon is a relative term, but a couple years from now, British Airways expects to show up.
0: But I mean, T4, the one, the one pier is Delta. Yeah. Let's call it Virgin. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And so they want to move over there, which makes sense from a connection standpoint. Easier. Yeah. If
2: you're, if you're, if you're them, right, they've already dumped basically the American connection operation. And not, I don't think they've dumped the code share, but the joint pricing, all that stuff is gone. They never got the JV approved. Yep. So, what little coordination there was is now done and they've already got some initial code shares set up with Delta if I remember correctly. So it's time to make that move.
0: Time to make it happen. Um and leaving One World it seems like it's kind of a formality thing with, with how things are going.
2: Yeah, you just have to get someone to say, okay, you can leave and stop paying in your dues. Yep.
0: Yep. Um yeah. I I think with along with that too is some United news that came out Um, that they are stopping service between uh, Cleveland and LaGuardia and Cleveland and Reagan at D.C. Yeah, Um, I I find that fascinating. I find it to be a terrible idea. That's
2: my opinion on it. The D.C. one is because they decided that they want to join the fray that is the New York to D.C. shuttle market. With With
0: Newark to D.C. being
2: operated by the CRJ 550s. On like 12 of the 15 or 12 of the 17 daily flights. Yeah. Correct. The others are E-75s. Yeah. It's, which of course has some people rightfully noting that it's the one corridor where, you know, high speed rail would actually be successful. And yet we can't figure out how the hell to do that. And it's even more poignant that the rail lines go through Newark. Yeah. It's it's not even like a connection to JFK where it's awkward or having to get across town to LaGuardia. The train stop. There's a Newark airport train station on the Amtrak line. and yet. And and like Continental and then United at some point had flight numbers on many of those trains, but not the Acellas. I don't think it was only on the regional and like not on enough of them and separate businesses and se- people that can't figure out how to get their heads out of their asses to cooperate and like generate traffic for each other. And here you go.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's where's it's where's the Excela to go or any of the trains go in in uh, DC? Is it the Union Station? station. Union Station, which is, I mean, it's pretty much central DC. Yeah, it's I mean DCA is not far, but DCA you still have to cross the river, take the subway or something, you know, take a car or whatever. Whereas Union Station, you could pretty much walk.
2: Pretty much, or you're you're already on the red line. I mean, you're right there. Unless they're going to Crystal City or
1: or Alexandria or any of those places.
2: Yeah. Right. Yes. It, it really depends on where
1: you're going. If you're going straight into the district, yes. But not every But also, going
2: straight yeah. No, and there's plenty of people who go to Crystal City, and there's some advantage there. But also, because the U.S. doesn't actually have real high speed rail, um, it is still slower as long as things are operating. The big difference is that trains, as a general rule, are closer to on time, even in weather, whereas planes are not. Yeah.
1: So I was in D.C. a few months ago, and I took the train back. It was a
2: miserable experience
1: because. One of the things I can say is on a flight, I can sit there and work on my laptop. On the train, it just kept bouncing up and down.
2: Yeah. Were you on Asela or regional? Regional. Yeah, they're not that great. Yeah.
1: Actually, no. I was, it, I was on an on Asela, on a actually.
2: That's that's a little more surprising to me. I mean, the rails aren't good. The infrastructure's not good. They're, and also, the Acela car, the rolling stock is basically 20 years old at this point. Agreed. So they're replacing some of it, but not enough. And the rails are really where the problem is.
1: Yeah, but so, you know, it's easy to say that, you know, rail would be, why are we adding flights when, you know, rail is a perfect substitution, but the reality is the rail isn't a perfect substitution because they haven't done a good
2: job of maintaining it. And really beyond maintaining, improving. But no, and I I agree, absolutely. But this is one of those situations like, you know, in this theoretical ideal world where we properly invest in infrastructure, that would be a corridor that there shouldn't be any flights because no one would ever take them because they're not convenient because, the high-speed train goes through the airports and gets you there, and you can connect to and from. And it's the same reason there shouldn't be flights between Brussels and Amsterdam.
1: Right, but then the counterpoint I would say in the case of United, how many of those people are on connecting flights, and not not doing O and D? Right, there's a lot of people who don't want to go to Dallas from the District. Right, on flight. Right, no matter where they're going. So it could just, it could also be time to because there's a, L.A. and San Francisco would probably be great destinations because they're hourly, just like the shuttle.
0: But I think, but I think, Foz, like, if you have a train from downtown DC, from the central area of the district, to Newark, that takes an hour, why would why minutes, would you not do whatever.
2: that? What's that? Or ninety minutes. But the problem is because the train isn't that fast. The train's yeah, but if it, hours, but, not you, but if hours. you but if you
0: had it, if you had a high yeah. speed train, like, and you could do it in an hour or less, then why not? Like, I don't have to clear security. I don't have to do anything. I just get on the train and go, and then I clear security at Newark. Newark. Like to me, it makes sense.
2: Also, people flying from D.C.A. to L.A. and San Francisco going through Newark are making choices that I would question. I don't want to get (laughs) more harsh than that, but (laughs) I get it. Like you want the fancy seat for the transcon and your business class purchase. And that's, to be fair, exactly what United is going after. United is going after premium cabin purchases with the 550. They want more first class connecting traffic. It's not about first class on the hour long flight. It's about first class on whatever the onward connection is. Where they right. see huge revenue.
1: The, the other thing I would argue is D.C. to Newark to L.A. or San Francisco. Is no, for, no more out of the way than D.C., Houston, to L.A. or San Francisco,
2: or Chicago, or Atlanta, or Dallas. Uh, Chicago, absolutely, that's an option. But Chicago is always Chicago, which is which is like a fraction of being it's like that's like a tenth of a Newark. Maybe yeah. maybe it's a half a Newark. When does the know. when
0: does when does the silver line to Dulles get finished? When is do you guys know off the top of your head? If not, I mean,
1: no big deal. In the next couple of years, I know it's getting closer. I know it yeah. They've extended to some of the stops out there, but I don't think it's open to
0: Dulles yet. No, it's it's not. I mean, I can look and see that they're still constructing stations out, you know, right outside the airport. So, uh, I, like to me, that's also another thing, right? If I have if it's a forty five minute train ride to Dallas for a Transcon, that's what I want. Maybe, I mean, maybe United's actively against that because of what you said, Seth, like trying to sell that more expensive ticket, yeah, for the for the premium. I don't know, but
2: yeah, and Boz, You're, you're relatively accurate. It's eighty miles further, seventy miles further to go via Newark than via Houston on a twenty six hundred mile trip. So it is relatively close, right? Chicago's easy. Chicago's better. Chicago's it's just because Houston's so far south.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there's no doubt that Chicago's easy, but the problem is you. So when I used to travel weekly, I would try to conduct in L.A. as much as I could when I lived in San Diego. Because at the end of the day, if something went wrong, I could drive home. Yeah, same rationale with Newark. Can't do that from Chicago. That's a good point. Yeah, if
2: something goes bad, you can drive, take the train down to exactly. DC. From DC to, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, total miles. Total miles wise, Dallas and Atlanta are much more efficient. Absolutely,
1: no doubt about that. But, but yeah, you know, they're not United hubs. True fact
0: can i just say i did not realize that there was a that the green line went into maryland i had no idea um anyway totally off topic so anyway fly b <laughs> uh fly b is a little worried they're going under
2: they maybe one. probably should i don't know
0: we're losing another
2: airline well not yet yeah
0: it's
2: the, not dead um, yet <laughs> yeah <laughs> Just a flesh wound. The British government—it's it, probably, honestly, an apt analogy. The British government did step in and agree to uh, help them continue operations, mostly because it's so many of the smaller towns and cities in Britain are dependent on the the routes that they fly. It's sort of an EAS type operation at that level, mm-hmm. uh, in some ways, the essential air services that operate to small cities in the U.S. But. Uh, What's interesting about it is like the secretary of business and industry or what the minister for business industry tweeted, oh, we've come up with a solution. And then they never published anything. And then the next day, the government published a note saying, we've come up with a solution and it's going to be fine, but didn't publish any of the details. It's been, it's one of those things that I feel like if the government says they're going to like bail the company out or come up with a plan, they probably should share what that plan is in some level of detail. And everything I've heard about it has sort of been like secondhand innuendo and not a government statement saying these are the steps we are taking, Mm. which I find bizarre. Uh, That said, what it appears to be, at least right now, is a cash flow situation where the British government is suspending APD collection. APD is the theoretically the environmental tax, but uh, air passenger duty uh, charged against British Air anything departing in Britain, and it's thirteen pounds maybe for a domestic flight, something like that. And yep. so they're basically letting Flybe hold onto that cash and use it. it. Wow. Is my understanding, um, which but there's but it's still being charged, so passengers are still paying it, and it's but you don't know where that money's be- going. Well, right. And it's only being waived for Flybe, not for other airlines. So IAG and Ryanair are pretty pissed. Interesting. I mean, justifiably.
1: Yeah. Right? But do any of those fly to where the destinations that Flybe, Flybe flies to?
2: Um, I think enough. I mean, not back to London, but I think Ryanair might have a couple of domestic routes. Um, uh, BA definitely does. But to all of those routes? Because I thought... Uh, uh, B- the London ones, obviously. They I thought BA um, used
1: FlyBE for some of those sh- smaller routes?
2: No, the, the random point-to-point stuff is almost exclusively FlyBE only. Okay.
1: So, I mean, then, you know, I understand that BA and FlyBE uh, are annoyed, but at the same time, is they're offering... They're not even in those places where they can help uh, alleviate the load or the loss. It would seem. And I don't think either of them would because their aircraft are much larger than what fly be is flying
2: yeah fly is a lot of dash eights right q4 yeah. q400 q4 so se- yeah 70 seaters not 170 seaters exactly um yeah i listen but at the same time the idea is so the question is how much of fly is it by the way is it fly b or fly be do we no, know no idea okay <laughs> uh, so, we can, it's like worse than Qatar, or Qatar. To be or not to be?
1: To fly or not to fly?
2: Well, that, that is a very real question right now, unfortunately. <laughs> uh But no, but I think one of the challenges is the number of routes where they are the only point to point provider is significant and they are needed by the communities and by the industry and by the country. But they also do connect onward, you know, the they have Heathrow routes, they have those other slots and that other services, and that's where it gets, and some stuff across the uh, channel too, some into France and whatnot, and that's where it gets challenging for the other airlines, and so it's a question of, like, can the British government justify basically running an airline just for, you know, subsidizing an airline just for its domestic operations, or not? Or <laughs> should it? Yeah. Right? I mean, like... I I can understand I certainly understand both sides in this one um being mad that the subsidy or waiver fees is happening only for one airline but also needing that airline to still be in business for you know the country to continue to be vaguely funct- functional especially heading into the mess that will be Brexit
0: yeah no kidding um do you think do you think Flybe will take more government money um potentially like do you think the British government's going to you know Bell them out more, or is it just going to let them fail eventually? I,
2: I think that it's a very, very, very sensitive topic, and I would be in the country, and I think it would be surprising if the government let that collapse happen right mm, now.
0: Mm, yeah. Good points. So if you're flying Flybe, just be aware.
2: Uh, are you? Uh, are, are
0: you flying B? Yeah. Uh, so China Southern has left SkyTeam. This actually happened, what, January 1st?
2: Yeah. Um.
0: They this was the plan all along, right? It just, we weren't sure.
2: Leaving was definitely a plan. I'm not sure if the timing was accelerated or as expected or whatever. But and, yeah, they and, definitely were planning on leaving. And what, what prompted
0: this? Like what, what led to China Southern saying we don't want to be part of the, the SkyTeam network anymore? American Airlines. Yeah. So American owns part of China Southern, correct?
2: Right. Yeah. There's an investment there and they're trying to bring them over towards the one world side or at least to be a better partner for onward connections for american within china
0: but i find this i find this to be a little ironic i mean china southern of course flies in china um but american has very few flights to china now yes so the idea of like connecting traffic i guess china southern flies to la they fly to san francisco i think they fly to jfk um
2: there's, there is that traffic on the us side there's also American has said that because they didn't have a good in country partner Mm -hmm. that limited their ability to connect with limited connecting flow on the China side, it limited their ability to be successful on those flights. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like Delta saying it doesn't have onward flow in uh, Japan. And so it has to move everything to Haneda because it only has O and D traffic, which they eventually did. It took them a few years longer than they wanted it to. Yep. And it, it it makes sense for Delta. And it sort of makes sense, right? If you don't, if you're in a, you know, flying to a country that has huge onward traffic from the major cities, and you have none of that, how much can you support No and D? Yeah,
0: yeah. Can you can you? Do you guys know if you can already? I mean, I'm guessing you can't redeem yet for China Southern flights uh, on American.
2: I have yeah. no idea. Yeah, that's
0: the other question: is Would you want to?
2: Um, I will note that even though they left, they kept, like, a lot of their lounge reciprocity in place, oh. for example. Um, so th- they left, but it wasn't a hard cut. Everybody pits off. It's sort of a softer transition. Hmm. Okay. okay.
0: Now, uh, we have two stories that are uh, kind of uh, comedic, I guess, or not really. I don't know. But uh, there was an Ethiopian flight from – it was flying from Djibouti to Diradawa in Ethiopia, and it hit a swarm of locusts coming in on final. Uh and it basically when you see pictures of this plane, it looks like they've painted the plane uh a sticky yellow. <laughs> uh so they had a they had to turn off and fly back to I think they flew to um Addis. A,
2: they went up to Addis. Yeah, so they actually yeah. did tried it twice. <laughs> they they made two approaches, um but in both times waved off having encountered this flock of locusts or swarm of locusts. The part of the story that I find the most amazing is, when, you know, you fly into this mess, they couldn't see out the front windshield.
0: <laughs> Which is bad. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yes, it, it, it turns out um, it's very bad. But to solve that problem, the pilots climbed back up above 8,000 feet, depressurized the cabin, opened the window, and wiped the windshield off.
0: <laughs> Can and you-
2: I'm gonna, we're getting who? this from A.B. Harold. Like this is apparently for reals. This happened.
0: Who who, who volunteers for that job?
2: Like rock paper scissors. Two out of three. It was, yeah, it's uh, it was the the captain. The left left seat is the one that's clean.
0: He took one for the team. But Need
2: like, yeah, it's just amazing. Like you know, it's not like they have windshield wipers, but it's not like you got the uh, you don't have like washer fluid in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they—I mean—they tried—they tried the wipers, and it just—it just not it just yeah,
2: You can't—you can't pull the—you can't, the, can't pull the little lever, and you know, get that to wash off. You got to actually clean it.
0: I mean, do you think—do you think they carry a little like squeegee
2: inside the cockpit? I'm wondering if you got like a towel from the first class cabin or something, like a napkin. <laughs> I'm just, i just—it's mean, barely—it's barely even clean. The, the picture from inside in, that's in this A.V. Herald story is insane. JJ <laughs> Walker from
1: Airplane doesn't come with every plane.
2: exactly uh and and people
0: were originally saying it was grasshoppers but it's it's really it was really locust is what it was and it's fairly common um in ethiopia and eastern africa around this time of year so yeah i mean i guess uh (laughs) watch out for the locusts um the other story is alec alisante airport the roof yeah it caught fire the roof
2: the roof is on fire The roof is on fire. <laughs> we don't need no water. <laughs> what? What was the? What's the deal? Because how, how does the, the building caught fire. on fire? Right, but how? It became warmer than the uh, combustion point of its materials. I have no idea. You're not I'm saying it spontaneously combusted, are you? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, at, at some point, it was not on fire, and then it was. So you know. <laughs> uh, but they had to close the airport for for this. So they closed it a couple days ago, and then. And that was just the original fire. I actually, this we're recording this on Sunday, is that yeah, right? Sunday, okay. yeah. Hard for me, to, hard for me to know anymore. Uh, on Sunday, I was in theory going to fly down there either today or tomorrow morning, and I ended up in Barcelona. Among other things, the airport closed again this afternoon uh, due to heavy storms and like regular, regular weather causing trouble. But also, the weather is severe enough that it's causing it's exacerbating the damage that was caused by the fire. So, like the roof is still having trouble. <laughs>
0: Oh man!
2: So they had to, they announced that they're closing the airport for 24 hours to try and shore up any issues that they have. Yeah, I think they—they they, didn't—they had to wait till the storm passed so they could clean it out and make it safe for people to stand in there again. Yep. yep. So wow. and I still couldn't get a hotel to waive the non-refundable fee on my hotel that I had booked for tonight. Those jerks!
0: Those jerks! Um. The last thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, Seth, you're, you started your trip, I guess, in
2: London. Um, yes.
0: Then you ended up in uh, Antwerp. And yes. now you were in, or then you were in Wuppertal. What were you doing in Wuppertal?
2: There's been a whole lot going on. So first of all, to Antwerp. I flew Air Antwerp, mm-hmm. which flies a 20-odd-year-old Fokker 50 between London City and Antwerp three times a day. And my flight had 14 passengers. It was very empty. I think they said the loads were pretty good, so who knows. Uh, I mean, I I took the midday flight, not the late afternoon one, which theoretically people working a full day in London could still get out that night and get home. But it's it's a route that many airlines have tried, uh, VLM before, and now this Air Antwerp operation. The only redeeming factor for Air Antwerp is that it's got uh, KOM backing it. Mm -hmm. helping handle some of its ticket sales. Like... It's sort of like how JetBlue sells JSX as code shares, but that puts it in the GDS networks. They use this, they, uh, AirAntwerp's doing the same thing with KLM and KLM sells the tickets cheaper almost universally, which is bizarre. But yeah, it's this weird little operation. The the nice thing is when you land, you're like in downtown Antwerp. (laughs) we we walked halfway from the airport, buddy, uh, Raphael, who's a buddy of mine on Twitter, met me. He lives there. He's like, "Oh, I'll just come hang out." And we we had a couple beers and whatnot. But yeah, we walked actually like halfway from the airport to the bar, and then eventually a bus passed us, so we just hopped on. But yeah, it's like bizarrely middle of a residential neighborhood. He said it's a twenty minute walk from his house. He just half the time he's flying, he just walks to the airport. That's that's awesome, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that, um, that'd and be amazing. <laughs> yeah, two flies a bunch out of there. Also, they've got like a half dozen to a dozen destinations seasonally, but uh this Air Antwerp thing to London is sort of the only business route and it's questionable how long it's going to last. So
0: does Air Antwerp fly anywhere else or is it just London no. City?
2: I have oh. a single route with a single plane. Wow. Okay. So That's there's cool. that. So that was interesting. And then I took the train across to Wuppertal. Uh Wuppertal has the schwebebahn Sh- Shwe- Shwe- Sh- schwebebahn schwebebahn is a hanging monorail. And it's as it sounds, it's a single track. With the giant wheels on top instead of underneath, and it's this was originally opened in 1901. They've modernized it a little bit since it's new cars since a couple of years now. But it is this bizarre sort of transit system that yeah. goes just back and forth up and down the river and through the middle of town.
0: Yeah, because the the town's built. The town of Wilpertal is built a, basically on both sides of the river, right? And yeah. So it does. Does it just turn around at the end and go back?
2: Yep, it's got a U-turn at each end, there's sort of a depot, and they it's actually cool, because I, I rode it both Saturday and Sunday, and on Saturday, it's like four-minute headways both ways, and on Sunday, it's 10 or 15 minutes. Gotcha. So there's a bunch of extra cars that weren't in use, and when you go out to the depots at each end, you can see they basically like run them off the track, and line them up, and they sort of like, the track can split, and either you stay on the U-turn side or the depot side. Yeah, but it's almost like the train goes in and then they slide the whole thing over, and then next train goes in and they slide the whole thing over. Huh. Um, sort of like I don't know if you've seen like the stacks in a library, the books shelves that can move like that or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, like when they're on um, wheels and they just kind of scoot yeah, over. the whole thing slides other.
2: over. But they do the same thing. It seems like with these cars because it's not like it's not like a normal rail yard that's super long and wide and it just like veers to whichever section it's supposed to go to. At least not that I could see. It didn't look like it had that set up. And so how long does the trip take from end to end? It's just about thirty minutes end to end.
0: Okay. That's not that's not bad.
2: No. And it's I mean it's actually it's really cool. You get a decent number of I mean, I was there on a weekend obviously, so you'd expect a few more tourists, but there's a decent number of tourists, but also like the locals use it for yeah. real. It's part of the transit system. Um I actually had another friend. Who's a pilot who lives in the region? Uh, he's based out of Dusseldorf. He came over to say hi and had dinner and whatnot together. And he's like, he's he's also still enrolled in his university. He's finishing his thesis. Uh-huh. He's like, it's free for me. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, university students in Germany, we get free local transit. Oh, that's awesome. And regional transit, yeah. So he could and in his state because you know in the state where you're enrolled, you get free transit. Huh. I had no idea. And the the best part is he was talking to another like some of the other he was telling me about some of the other pilots. Or like, yeah, my monthly commute to the airport's about 100 euro, and just signing up for a course at the university is about 200 for a semester. So it's cheaper (laughs) to sign up for a course and not do anything than to buy the metro, (laughs) like to buy a metro card.
0: Uh, And how high up is this? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, above a roadway.
2: It's It's above a river and then above a roadway. It's like, I want to say like between 10 and 20 meters, 10 or 15 meters. It's not that high. Yeah, yeah. What, Thirty I mean, to forty feet. I mean it's yeah. it's two flights up, two flights of stairs.
0: Yeah, that's not bad. And no. do they did they uh what else did you do in Wuppertal? What was the train?
2: Uh, most of the train there's a a cool uh, brewery that's built in an old swimming pool hall. Okay. They have like an indoor swimming there was an indoor swimming pool some years ago. And actually they did a really neat job of it. Like they they have all A, it's decorated with a bunch of old pictures. But B, even in like the area, like the swimming pool part was elevated in the room. And you can see if you look, and now it's set up as like a dance floor slash live music venue for that section in the middle. Mm -hmm. And it's tables all the way around. And all of the tables have a sign overhead that's one of the stops on the Shoebuban line. So, like, (laughs) you can see your friends and tell them you're sitting in this section Come find us, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But also the, like, the tile that would be at the top of the top edge of the swimming pool wall is i don't know if it's the i doubt it's the original but there's still a tile rim around that section so you can like from the live music area so you can still see the tile where the swimming pool water line would have been Huh, that's pretty cool and some other neat things like that yeah there's some nice little touches in it but just go back to the shrub bond. the other crazy thing about it is you feel it sway because huh. it hangs from a single line above and it's giant electric motors driving it i took some pictures of them they're incredible but uh like you pull into some of the stations as as you're coming off a curve, and you stop, and you just sort of wobble back and forth a little bit, and then you know thirty seconds later you start accelerating, you move forward again. But there's definitely where sometimes it's like, yeah, we are swinging in the breeze here.
0: <laughs> well, I'm looking at like the map, and so if you take the Shveviban and then you need to get to the you need to get to the main train station, you have to like kind of walk from it, right? Because now the train station's not at the river; it's kind of up above. No, but it's like. A hundred yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool, though. Like it's this two modes of transportation. Right yeah, next to next to each other. Yeah,
2: sweet. Did you yeah. Would you would you recommend it as a tourist destination for a day? I would. It's very easy day trip from either Dusseldorf or Cologne. Yep, and a little bit longer from Berlin or Hamburg. Yeah, it's so. not it's not far.
0: Like Dusseldorf is what thirty minutes, maybe.
2: 45? Yeah, I got from. I said, there's a Holiday Inn Express right downtown at the train station, and that was stupidly cheap. Uh, it's also you know mid-January, but uh, I I got from the Holiday Inn Express to the Dusseldorf airport in under 90 minutes, and that included getting confused and having to buy a ticket with half the ticket machines out of order in the Dusseld- in the Wuppertal station. <laughs> so, not bad. Yeah, not bad. yeah, it's it's really reasonable. I think it's I think it's supposed to be an hour, and it took me a little longer.
1: Yeah, just all the way to the airport and,
2: downtown, you know, and from downtown to the airport, yep. it's 20 minutes. So do the math there. Yep. Oh, Sweet. Super easy. Yeah, how you like in London?
1: You feeling better? Uh, I am loving London as always, and I am feeling much better. Thank you. Good, good.
0: Oh, uh, I think that's a show, guys. Anything else you want to chat about? No? All right. To no. our listeners, you can find us on Twitter at dotsline I'm sure there's many dots. things, but, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, more dots, more no, yeah. Relevant things, I think you meant. lines dot com, sorry. and uh, leave us a comment. Uh, you know, we love to hear from you. Until next time, happy travels.
1: Take care. See you later.